Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Step drop, goes on the end zone, hot ball, touchdown Tampa Bay, Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Here they go again, Tempo mode, dropping the throw, Winston out got those to the left, it's intercepted at the 35, outside the numbers to the 40, to the 35, to the 30, to the 25, to the 20, to the 15, 10, Mike Edwards, touchdown Tampa Bay, that's the dagger my friend. This is the big nasty, yeah big nasty, Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan baby. This is Mike Allstock, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there are the cannons, cannons. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. For the first time ever in the 46-year history of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have won their second straight NFC South title. 30-24, to your final score from Raymond James Stadium as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers explode on the offensive side of the ball and take down the Carolina Panthers. They avoid the sweep and take home the division title for another year in a row. With that being said, the Bucks have punched their ticket to the NFL postseason and have basically locked themselves into that four-seed spot with an 8-8 eight eight record. It wasn't as pretty as we all wanted it to be, but it was one hell of a game. And uh, the fact of the matter is, the Bucks have made it to the dance. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host for today, from BucksNation.com, James Hill. James, the Bucks are victorious and they scored 30 points, what, for the first time since week four, I think? I mean, that's, that's not something the Bucks do very often this year. Dude, I I don't know what's happening. You know, hey, well, I mean, I do know what's happening. The Bucks won the NFC South, which is fantastic. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's so huge. Congratulations to them. Todd Bowles is officially a playoff coach again. Uh, you know, he was with the New York Jets. But like you said, the def- the offense finally came alive and they were able to score some freaking points. It took all season. They, they were waiting. They were waiting. They had everybody fooled. You know, it was all according to plan, right? Yeah. So, and, no. and in typical Bucks fashion, nothing can ever be easy, right? I, I mean, 30 to 24, the final score in this one. Carolina with a great late game game plan. Steve Wilkes, their interim head coach, got to take the hat off really quick. Um, he is one hell of a coach, and I do think he should strongly be in the conversation to be Carolina's next head coach. But uh, they played their cards at the end, and they had a chance until the very end of this game. But before we go any further, we got to talk about the offensive side of the ball for the Bucks. I can't tell you the last time we opened a podcast after a win and talked about the offense, but let's talk about TB12. 34 for 45. 432 yards, three touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown for the GOAT as he leads the Buccaneers to their second straight division title. And Tom Brady captures his 19th career division championship. What did you think of the GOAT's performance today? 
He was fantastic. You know, I mean, Brady did everything that you wanted him to do. You didn't really, this looked like the Brady from like the 2020 season in 2021, you know, didn't see many off throws. If things weren't necessarily going, you know, it was some issues with, you know, maybe guys dropping the ball or, or stumbling down and, and things along those lines. Like Brady was very, very on point in this game. I mean, it was, it was pretty outstanding. Um, he was he yeah he did fantastic i mean he he really did and and listen a lot of people have talked about these past couple of weeks i mean people have been hating on tom brady all year long saying that the arm is done saying he's washed he's cooked let's talk about those touchdowns today i mean the three touchdowns that he threw two of them 50 plus yards to mike evans now we obviously got to talk about mike evans day as well i thought tom brady was about as good as it gets his best game of the season for the tampa bay oh, buccaneers but a, a lot of a lot of talk so far this season has also been about Mike Evans and, and that connection between TB12 and Mike Evans, because let's be honest, it just has not been there. You know, Mike Evans before today had not found the end zone since that week four game against Kansas City. It seems like a lifetime ago at this point in the season, now 16 games in. But Mike Evans was that guy today, right? I mean, he was that guy on the offensive side of the ball for the Buccaneers who stepped up. And, and we've expected him to be that guy all year. Unfortunately, he hasn't been. But today, he silenced a lot of critics. 10 catches, 207 yards, and three touchdowns for big Mike Evans. Just two yards shy of his career high. And, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I think this has got to be one of the crowning moments of Mike Evans' Buccaneer career because... You know, I know Tom Brady did a lot of the work, but Mike Evans seemingly dragged this offense into the playoffs in a, in a Buccaneers I, uniform. It was great to see what felt like vintage Mike Evans. I, I mean, he also got his thousand yards. Let's not even forget that. That's that's not even say, the biggest. That's not uh, even the biggest storyline of the day. Mike Evans also the first player in NFL history to start their season, uh, to start their career. Excuse me, with nine straight thousand yard seasons. Long story short, Mike Evans is that dude. He's pretty good at the footballs, man. I was going to ask jokingly, did he get a thousand yards? He got one fifth of that total in this game today alone. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's ridiculous. This, this, could you say this is probably the most impactful game Mike Evans has had in his career? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, 207 yards, three touchdowns, like you said. And it was in, it was in so many moments where it was like, oh, you know, Bucks are a little bit flat here. Oh, okay. Mike yeah. Evans is here. Okay, cool. They did the no huddle stuff. It worked to perfection. Maybe they should do that more. Uh, it, it was, it was great stuff from Mike Evans, man. Another guy that I, I, you know, really think that shouldn't be overlooked too, who had himself a really good game as well. It's just a little bit overshadowed by the fact that Mike Evans just went sicko mode on everybody is Chris Godwin, nine catches for 120 yards in this game on nine targets. A great game from that trio, Brady Evans, Godwin. It's, it's, it's what everybody has been waiting for. I mean, everybody, not just Bucks fans, but national media as well has been waiting all year and they finally got it going you know it, it, they were they, like i said oh they were building it up all year right they they fooled everybody you know just like they drew it up but they finally got going evans godwin had a fantastic game brady just that trio led this offense to victory today point blank simple as that yeah chris godwin obviously coming into uh coming into coming into his own after the eight 
ACL season and uh, ACL injury ending his season in 2021. He's he's kind of looked like a shell of himself for three quarters of this 22 season, it feels like. And coming off of a major injury, the fact that he was able to play is remarkable in itself by week one. Um, but you've been waiting for that consistency to show up. And I will say it wasn't a perfect day for Chris Godwin. You know, the, the Bucks were trailing in this game early and early on in this game, he had a fumble. They lost it. And Carolina had all the momentum in the game. And that's when a lot of people kind of thought this thing was done. Uh, but luckily, they were able to bounce back from their mistakes and, and keep this thing going. And after that, a clean game. That was the only turnover of the day for the Buccaneers on the offensive side of the ball. So with that being said, we talk about this offense and and finding their rhythm. It seems like it took them long enough, but there really is no better time to be playing your best football than right before the postseason, right? Like teams like the Eagles, who have been red hot all season, are now losers of two weeks in a row. And the Bucks have won their last two, won on Christmas Day with a last second field goal over Arizona. And then obviously now the big NFC South division winning game against the Carolina Panthers. I think I said all of that correctly. Words can be hard sometimes. Um, but it's an exciting time to see this offense finally start to roll. And you got to think, you know, next week against Atlanta, it's another team that even though it's a division game, the division is still wrapped up. So it'll be curious to see who plays next week. But I'm curious just to see how this offense looks for another week in a row, because it, I know we're getting really high on the offense right now. We're getting really high on the Buccaneers, but there's one thing that has not been their strong point this year is consistency. So I would like to see them really just keep this thing rolling, right? I we, we talked about Mike Evans. We talked about Chris Godwin, a couple of other guys that stepped up on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Russell Gage had three catches for 33 yards. Rashad White had five catches for 26 yards. Lenny, four catches for 19. Kate Otten, two catches for 17 yards. I will say Kate Otten kind of had a rough day, which wasn't very characteristic of him, but I mean, the fact of the matter is this is the best offensive performance of the season for for the Bucs. And, and you got to wonder if they can keep the ball rolling real quick. I just want to say, too, is, um, you know, obviously we, Mike Evans getting a thousand yards is great. Chris Goblin's only 32 yards away from a thousand of his own, um, which is kind of flown under the radar. We don't know if the Buccaneers are going to rest their starters next week or not, but I would hope they would at least try to get Godwin that thousand yard mark just for, you know, for for. I, I I think the last the last time the Bucks had both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin with a thousand yards was was 2019. Um yeah. when Jameis Winston had thrown over five thousand yards, thirty plus touchdowns and thirty Well was that it was actually last year. Was it really? Yeah. No, it wasn't. Godwin they, had one thousand one hundred three. Huh. Um Evans had obviously a thousand. Okay. Well then well then my information is bad. But, I guess I got some bad sources. But real quick, I want to point something out because you talked about the other guys who have stepped up. Russell Gage, I thought, I'm still happy for Russell Gage that he's able to like be fully healthy and make some plays here and there. Um, that's good to see. Um, you also have a guy like you know Rashad White who made a couple of really tough plays throughout this game, um, which I thought was an, a great thing to see. Guys struggled, though. Two guys that struggled. Kate on and Keith, man. You know, those guys struggled and you could tell Brady was pissed about it. Well, I mean, especially after that one K dot and drop where he kind of stopped in the middle of the field. It was uh, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe just a drag route. But essentially, K dot had nothing but green grass in front of him. Brady had dialed him up and he stopped running, stopped running on his route. I don't know if he thought he was supposed to sit down or, or hesitated for a second, but 
basically he fell over and, and Brady was upset because the Bucks were definitely needing a first down at that point in the game. I think still trailing in the contest. But, um, you know, Co'Keefe as well. Just both of those guys are rookies. And I know it's the end of the year and I know that we have praised them all season for their production as rookies. But, you know, Co'Keefe especially. I'm not going to harp on him having that rough of a game. He is a blocker at heart, so if he doesn't get every single target, uh, that is okay with me. But let's talk about the run game. I, I know you had talked on your game review about how, you know, it wasn't that great of a day for the Buccaneers running the football. 21 carries between Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. Only 28 yards for Lenny on 10 carries and 22 car- uh, 22 yards for Rashad White on 11 carries, which is pretty uncharacteristic let me let me say though as devil's advocates seem like the bucks were playing from behind for 75 percent of this game so i'm not too upset with the run game but i did think they they should have been much better in that category because i don't think there was any point uh in the game today where the bucks could have leaned on that run game to kind of close things out you know the final offensive possession for the bucks um carolina opted to take the field goal give the bucks the ball back trusted their defense to get the stop and give Sam Darnold another shot at the end zone, which is ultimately what ended up happening. But I mean, if the Bucs get one first down, you know what I mean? Like Carolina uses their timeouts and the game probably ends a little bit sooner in less dramatic fashion, but they couldn't even muster that. And again, even though they weren't getting consistent work all throughout the game, at the end of the game, that's when someone's got to step up. And I know Rashad White, had a stinger in this game, had to come out for a couple of plays. Maybe that affected him late in the stages. And Leonard Fournette also has that nagging foot injury, which is week to week for him as well. But, you know, they weren't able to close things out as well as they could have. And I I wish that could have been better. Yeah. And, you know, I I talked about this over on my channel. Um, Not, not super impressed with the run game. I will say, you know, White had some good moments, right? And he made some plays when it mattered most, especially towards the end of the game when, you know, there was a couple of plays where the Bucks needed to get some amount of yardages. And I and I thought that I thought that um White was going to get destroyed in the backfield, right? But there were a couple of plays he made something out of nothing. Yes, and that was impressive. Um but the Bucs have just got to do a better job with running the football, man. I mean, you know, obviously they can get the job done past the football, and that's their bread and butter. But you just want to have that run game option there, you know. And unfortunately, we didn't see it in this game. Maybe we'll see it improved in the future. But, you know, a couple of those guys did make plays when it mattered most, you know, like White, Fournette a little bit in there as well. Apparently he's dealing with an undisclosed injury. But all in all, you know, it is what it is. I mean, it's it's been like that for most of the year with this Bucks running attack at this point. And uh, really quick, let's just check in on the live chat here. Nearly 300 people hanging out with us for our post-game show. Truly appreciate you guys. Shout out to James Matz. Go Bucks in here as well. Adam Coat, Andre Persaud. Our buddy Joel Alrican brings up a great point about the Bucks today. He said they actually took risks. They finally wanted the biscuit. Now, today was the Bruce Arians Ring of Honor induction game was supposed to be that Kansas City game all the way back in week four that we talked about, but uh, that was obviously pushed back because of the threat of the hurricane. So today was the day for Bruce Arians to finally get his name up in Ray J, and the Buccaneers offense showed out. You'll love to see that as well. But, um, you know, there were a couple of coaching moments early on in this game that I thought were going to cost the Bucs in the long run. Uh, You know, while Carolina was able to answer for most of the game and keep it a two-possession game, 
there was one point in particular that I think about. It was fourth and one, maybe fourth and two feet. And the Bucks were in the red zone. Still down two possessions. They opted for the field goal to give themselves 10 points. Right. I mean, I know that you play it safe. You don't want to leave points on the field, but even Tom Brady was frustrated with that call. But aside from that, we did also see a couple of other fourth down conversions for Tampa Bay. Russell Gage had a big catch on fourth down that I remember as well. And shout out to our buddy Matt Diaz with the five dollar super chat says Bucks run the South. Mike is the best Buccaneer ever. Hey, we talk about Mike Evans legacy in the long run, man. You start comparing him to the all time greats. I know a lot of people want to say Derek Brooks is the greatest buck of all time by default. I don't know if anyone's ever going to un, un uh, uncrown the goat as in Derek Brooks, but I think I at don't this know, rate, man. I, I, I mean, I don't think there's a contest about uh, the greatest offensive player in Buccaneer history being Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans is a top three buck of all time, but. I, I don't Derek Brooks was good for a long time, man. You know, guys like Warren Sapp, they were good for a long time. But for Mike Evans, this is coming up on just 10 years of being the best offensive player we have. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy to think about. Uh, I mean, you know, so so as much flack as Evans has gotten throughout this year, how fortunate, you know, the Bucks are to have a guy like that for as long as they've had him through some terrible eras man i mean you know lovey smith you know Dirk cutter um just didn't work out and then arians came along and that was some good years obviously and then brady came along and it got even better so it's it's just good you know so so consistent you know they call him mr consistency or mr consistent mike evans i mean yeah, it just very fortunate to have him as long as they've had him for on this team and have that insane level and production as long as they have. It's good stuff. So, James, let me ask you this as we take a look at the other side of the football now for Tampa Bay and a 30 to 24 victory over the Carolina Panthers. What did you make of the defense today? First half, I thought that and, you know, look, I love the guy but it was so noticeable to me. Antoine Infield Jr. sucked in the first half. He really did. He struggled. Um, just not great. You know, was missing some coverages. Mike Edwards did not look good in the first half either, by the way. It wasn't a great first half for the safeties. No, um, even just that first drive for the defense in particular. I mean, that that's, you know, Bucks have, Bucks have started the game, or I'm sorry, uh, teams have started the game scoring on Tampa Bay before, but today seem like the fastest that we have seen it happen. That first drive uh, ended in a touchdown to Tommy Tremble, the tight end for Carolina. That that was was not good and I I kind of got nervous. Yeah, no. It was it was tough, man. I mean, you know, but in the second half obviously things came alive. Anthony else with probably possibly the play of the game. Um with that strip sack fumble, it's the second game where he's had something like that. Joe trying to show brought pressure on a good amount of plays. Pressure up the middle came in with Akeem Hicks. He had two passes defended at the line of scrimmage. Vita Vea had a fumble recovered. SMB had an interception. Antoine Winfield Jr. would have had an interception, but DJ Moore was, you know, offensive pass interference. Um, but but all in all, you know, the defense came alive in the second half. They got the job done, and they, they really did some phenomenal stuff. Some of the guys that I mentioned step up, stepped up in, in such huge ways, which was great to see. It's what you're used to seeing from this defense. They've been good throughout the whole year. Yeah, no kidding. I, I thought the return of Vita Vea 
uh, was huge, right? You, you saw his presence in the pass rush. And again, while they weren't getting to Sam Darnold as much as you would have liked them to, I mean, several plays where Donald just had way too much time to sit back there and manage. His pass rush wasn't that consistent, but they shut down the run game of Carolina. I, I really, I really thought they did. This is, you know, this is a team that has run for 500 rushing yards in the past two weeks. It's kind of become their go-to on the offensive side of the ball. Today, they trusted Sam Darnold to sit there and, and, and you know, stay in the pocket, try and throw that thing around. While he was able to do that for most of the game, I, I thought, you know, a couple of game-wrecking plays from guys like Anthony Nelson, like you had said, Sean Murphy bunting, played a great game for a second week in a row, had a big interception right when the Bucks needed it as well. Did a really good job neutralizing DeAndre Hopkins on Christmas. Played a great game today. Um, a lot of guys stepped up. And I think one of the differences was obviously all of that. And then just the 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 takeaways in general. That's something this Bucks defense has been hurting for. Really quick, $5 super chat from our buddy Brandon Michael. Said, I just want everyone to know. Levante David's stats are better than the best linebackers ever at this point in their careers. Levante David should be in the running for best buck. Ever. We get caught up a lot talking about Mike Evans and his legacy on the offensive side of the ball, but Levante David has been an Iron Man for this Buccaneers team for 12 years now. And uh, for another week in a row, he was out there balling out six tackles and two assists for him today. I mean, overall, it was a slow start, but defense played well enough to win. And thank God the offense was able to score enough points today. Yeah, and I will say, like, to Malcolm's point, you know, uh, Levante David had a couple of really nice plays in there as well today, a couple of big plays. Uh, Malcolm said, you know, Darnold came down to earth today. I wouldn't even say that. I thought Darnold played a pretty good game throughout most of the matchup. Today. Well, I mean, if you were listening to the TV broadcast, Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson were calling it like he was the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, I wouldn't say that, but I will say, like, I think Ian Red, I think you would agree with me. Like, Darnold played a pretty solid game today. No, he he did. And and since he has come back as the starter for Carolina, all of that drama between him, PJ Walker, Baker Mayfield, he's been playing well these past few weeks. He hasn't been tasked with throwing the ball quite as much as he was today, but he has been playing well. And I thought, you know, aside from the SMB interception, tried to minimize his mistakes today. He made it competitive. Yeah, so I mean, all in all, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, defense made a couple of really nice plays, got, you know, got the plays when it mattered most. Again, that Anthony Nelson fumble, forced fumble at the end of the game was so, so huge. It really was, man. Um, and it just, you know, again, it it really, also, by the way, Rhett always hates the TV announcers. <laughs> No, come that on. That is oh. that is pretty accurate, man. Hold on. That, that Hold is on. pretty accurate. Hold on. BK, that's so funny that somebody brings that up and and I don't want to sit here and go on a tangent. Maybe I'm just picky. All right, maybe I'm just picky. You're a uh, snob. I, I know. Maybe maybe is a maybe is a a wannabe play-by-play guy myself. I just I'm a little picky, but it, you can't sit here and tell me that Greg Olson is a good analyst. That guy is so annoying. He talks so much and like Kevin Burkhart's just corny. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I feel Dude, like it's Fox... every announcer. It's every announcer. I hear every maybe, time. Maybe, they... maybe it is. Rhett just hates play by play guys. That's what it is. I, I honestly, the, the Fox announce crew with the departure of Aikman, Joe Buck, a couple of other guys. I mean, Chris Myers might be the best guy that they have. And we haven't heard him call the Bucks game was... all season. We just need Chris Myers every week and then I'll be was... happy. I was gonna say I don't even think you liked I don't even think you liked Aikman and Buck. Uh, I, I, Joe Buck I, I, is bit Joe Buck has been better 
on Monday Night Football, but I think that's because they allow him to get drunk before the games now, so he's a little more loose, you know? I guess so, man. I guess so. But but anyway, you know, going back to the topic at hand, the defense, they, they played phenomenal today. And it really showcased that, yeah, this team came alive in the second half, both on offense and on defense, and they were able to get that job done. That's funny, man. That's funny. Some other guys, some other guys on uh, the defensive side of the ball, I thought, who played well today. Joe Tryon Shoyanka. While he wasn't perfect, he did lead the team in tackles for the first time all season. Seven tackles for JTS, a couple of quarterback pressures as well. Seemed like he did a pretty good job of getting after Sam Darnold. Obviously, no home runs today for JTS, but he's involved, dude. And and a lot of people, a lot of people have said that he's not a complete edge rusher yet. And I will agree. Like he doesn't he doesn't really finish as much as he should. Uh, he's got to start finishing in the pocket, and he's got to he's got to get there. But he's so close. Right. I feel like he is constantly the guy who is kind of the the last reinforcement on that defensive line to chase down a scrambling quarterback. And so I can appreciate his level of play. Antoine Winfield Jr. We talked about his rough first half. He finishes with five tackles and a sack. And uh, I believe Anthony Nelson also had the strip sack later in the game. Those are the only two sacks for Tampa Bay today. So while. You know, they didn't get after the quarterback as much. Something else we alluded to was their ability to take the ball away, which has been something this team has been hurting for. Yeah, no, I I really thought that they did a good job of getting takeaways today. They could have had a couple of more. Yeah, as I said, Antoine Winfield Jr. could have had a pick. There was another bot snap that could have been recovered. Thankfully, thankfully for the Panthers, they got it. Um, But there was definitely a lot of opportunities there for for the, the Bucks to get some takeaways. They were able to do so on a couple of instances, which really can make a difference man i mean you saw it there in this game today it made that difference in a big big way especially the anthony nelson one towards the end of the game and it was huge it was absolutely huge yeah we we talked about sean murphy bunting stepping up having a good game today as well i wanted to circle back and mention that forced fumble uh that that's going to be forgotten obviously because the bucks didn't come up with it but the peanut punch to send that ball out of bounds that could have been huge and for smb a guy who already had an interception today that would have been crazy to see him uh, come away with two takeaways for this Buccaneers defense. But regardless, their performance was great. Complimentary football on both sides for Tampa Bay, and uh, they clutch up exactly when they need it. I don't know what else there is to say, man. Let's um, let's talk about our boy Ryan Suckup. I, I feel like I feel like we kind of have to at this point. We we've praised the offense. Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin talked yeah. about who balled out on the defense. Anthony Nelson, some of those other guys coming up and making plays. But Ryan Suckup today, uh, what bad game? It was a bad game, probably his worst game in a Bucks uniform. And yeah. listen, if you guys have listened to this podcast before, you know how pro Ryan Suckup we are. But I, I think today may have been the nail in the coffin for him as far as returning as the Bucks kicker next season. He won that job from Jose Borgales in the preseason. But there's one thing Borgales has that Suckup just is not is the leg. And we're starting to really see that affect the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at this point in the season. They're leaving a lot of points on the board just because Suckup can't get it there from beyond 50 yards. Two for seven on 50-plus yard attempts so far this season. Not a great look. Yeah, no. Um, it was – it was um, – yeah, it was tough. I mean, you know, I, you know, obviously Suckup's been good throughout this season. You know, and, and that, that does – in some way, shape, or form, make up for this game, of course. But as you said, you know, you left points on the board. It was such a crucial game. 
I wouldn't go as far as to say that suck up's just like automatically done with the Bucks, but I do think that they're going to take a very, very legitimate look as to who their kicker should be next year. Um if they bring in competition with I, suck up. I think I think that suck up has been clutch this year when he's like absolutely needed to be. He's had a couple of game winners here or there. Just had a game winner last week against mm-hmm. Arizona. But this wasn't a great game for him. You know, he missed one that got blocked. It was too low of a kick. Missed an extra point. The the um 53-yarder, I don't put on him. I mean, the coaches know right. what his range is. It's not a secret. So that I kind of put more on the coaching staff. But Suckup did miss two kicks of his own, in my opinion, which was unfortunate. Um, So it was probably one of Suckup's more rougher games. Yeah, just like he said, his his range is no secret. You know, while he has been here 2020, 2021, um, and even most of the 2022 season, we know what kind of kicker he is. He's not a Justin Tucker. He's not going to make it from 60 plus. You know what I mean? Like even from 50 plus, it's a little bit of a gamble. But the Bucks knew what they were getting into when they brought him in, because if there was something that, you know, this team was needing in a kicker, it was consistency. Because for the longest time, you know, guys like Cairo Santos, Chandler Catanzaro, Nick Folk, Who's do? Who's uh, uh, amazingly still getting away with the same shit in New England? Nick Folk is still. Every, I, mean, I mean, Robert. I mean, Roberto Aguayo, Matt Gay. It, right, right. You look at the long lineage of kickers. I think the last consistent guy we really had was like a Pat Murray. You know, that's a name. Yeah, or that Connor Barth. Me, maybe a Connor Barth, a Pat Murray. You know, that era was fun. But those are the two guys. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean. Really, it's it's one of those things where I, I think the Bucs have started to realize that, you know, more often than not, they have been in a situation where they have to get that 50 plus yarder and they just can't do it. And um, that's, you know, again, it's hard to sit here and harp on Ryan Suckup saying, oh, he's got to be better because he's been the same player since he's been here. He's our boy. I'm a big fan of Ryan Suckup. But again, it's just too many times this season where you've kind of needed, you know, you've needed that young leg to get you there. And uh you know, the Bucks are looking back at a guy like Jose Borgales, and they're kind of wishing they had that young leg right now as we approach the postseason. But with that being said, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens here in the spring and uh, the Buccaneers kicking competition moving forward. Speaking of special teams and young legs, man, Jake Camarda. Got to give him some love as well. The rookie punter really coming into his own here at the ending stages of the regular season. He has had a pretty solid year. I thought he obviously started out pretty slow. But his ability to just kick the ball, I mean, I know that sounds so stupid, but like his his ability uh, today on the heads up play to kind of drop kick that thing out of there, even though it was negated by the penalty, that was that was, you know, that was a great job by Jake Camarda to make make something out of nothing there on what could have been a disastrous play on the bad uh, bad snap from Zach Triner. What did you think of Jake Camarda here? Is is we kind of you know wrap up here on special teams? I was going to say, you know, definitely, uh, you know, a great game by Camarda. I thought he played great. That play that you that you mentioned was fantastic. Um, probably going to need to wrap up the show soon as well because, you know, it is New Year's Day. I'm going to have to go eat some New Year's Day dinner with the fam. But uh, did, don't mean to put you on the spot like that. But... Um, Gotta air me out like that. But I special will say, special guest running me off of my own podcast. What is well, this? you can stay on. I just have to get off. Oh, but, I see. But I will say, um, I thought Kamara played good. Red that was that play turned almost so disastrous. 
so disastrous. I mean, it was, I, my heart jumped as soon as I saw the snap hit the ground and Camarda was, um, was sitting there. Ah, uh, yeah, chat. Okay. Chat, calm down. Calm down. Hey, listen, chat. Uh, listen, I, it, it, if we're sitting here airing each other out, y'all, y'all should have seen James hit me with the, uh, hit me with the ignore this morning. I asked him well, to come in clutch and, and substitute a show, and I got no I'm response. here, aren't I? I'm I checked here. in. My boy's already on his own live stream. It's okay. I, I appreciate I'm you. Here. Yeah. Next man I'm up. here. Uh-huh. Next man up. I, see, you know, look, listen. You know, it was – Kamara had a good play, okay? Chad, you can calm down. Kamara had a good play. I thought that – my heart was scared whenever that play happened. I thought that it was an excellent play by Camarda, and it's it saved the game. Point blank simple as that. It really did save the game. Hey, one more thing I want to harp on before we wrap this thing up. Uh, sure. it, just to kind of circle back to Rhett hating all the play-by-play -play announcers. This is uh, A great point brought up in chat uh, by Ray Buck Bolt said, announcers need to learn what the single cannon shot is for. They always seem to chuckle about the cannon guy messing up. I don't know if you heard that on the broadcast, but they were roasting my guy. I mean, Greg, Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhardt are up in the booth. So you're aware at Buccaneers home games, and it's yep. been this way ever since they put a goddamn pirate ship with cannons on it inside the stadium. Nine times out of ten, when the Bucks are in the red zone, they fire off one single shot, right? Yeah. Inside 20 yards, boom, one cannon shot. You yeah. would think Greg Olson... Who played? How for, does he not know? Who that? played for forty-eight years? You would think that he knew that the Buccaneers fire the cannon, but no, they fired the cannon one time inside the red zone, and they immediately were like, "Tell that guy to settle down." And that's why I hate him. That that. Yeah, how does he? Not, how does he not know that? Oh man, so I know. Weird. You would think. You would think, but uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I know we're just nitpicking. I wasn't a big fan of the announced team. Hopefully next week. Uh, they can get us someone better in there, but I guarantee you it's Fox. It's going to be, do you know what time next week's game is? I'm going to seem like 425 or something. I want to say 425. I want to say 425. By the way, thank you to Richard uh, Taroka for the $1.99 Super Chat saying, got my 2022 NFC South Division Champs hat and shirt. There you That's go. right. You can get those now at NFLShop.com. Yeah, today. Today, a good old hat and T-shirt game. The Buccaneers obviously get the job done. 30-24, to 24, your final score. They get it done in front of Bruce Arians as well, who uh, I don't know if he coined the term hat and T-shirt game, but we heard him of all people talk a lot about it last year when the Bucs were able to wrap up the NFC South, and they do that today. Week 17, yep. the Bucs are 8-8, eight and eight, but they are NFC South champions once again for the first time in franchise history going back back it is a lot of season firsts for the tampa bay buccaneers this year or i'm sorry it's a lot of franchise firsts for the mm -hmm. tampa bay buccaneers this season their first international game the first time they swept new orleans in since 2007 and yeah. uh, obviously their first back-to-back -back division title but ladies and gentlemen i know it's kind of a short show today on a beautiful new year's day but with all that being said, that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Not a whole lot else to talk about. I mean, we're no, going to we be back. A... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's okay. No, we did a pretty good job. Yeah, did we? I, I hope. <laughs> I, so. I hope so. I hope so. We found out that Rhett hates all announcers. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, we did. You just, you just need to have a list. I know. I got to start putting them on the list. list. They just, they, Greg Olson, Kevin Burkhart, they just made the list. 
That's facts. They just made the list. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens. You can find James Hill and his content right here on YouTube at Mr. Box Nation. You can also check out his written work at BoxNation.com. You got anything cool coming out this week people should uh, be on the lookout for? Uh, no, I mean, not, not necessarily just, uh, the regular content, regular stuff I post on Bucks Nation. We are on the march to 18,000. So, uh, that's good. We are a f- over a fifth of the way there now. So just keep on marching, man, especially when we get close to the playoffs and whatnot. So going to have a couple of, uh, interesting videos about should the Bucks rest their starters, maybe, uh, some stuff along those lines. So should be fun. Yeah. I love it, man. Evan Wanish will be back. Uh, later on this week, he he should be back with us here in the next show or the one after that. But with that being said, we'll return later this week with former Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback Sean King. We'll get his thoughts on the game, of course, the season so far as we gear up for the NFL playoffs. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S if you follow me. I will follow you back. But ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. Fire the cannons. Thank you for listening. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are NFC South champions for the second year in a row. We'll talk to you later this week. I'll be joined by Evan Wanish and former Bucks quarterback Sean King. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, James Hill. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening and go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.